Episode 174 of Tactical Crouch Kick Tripod here with Yiska and Volamel. We're coming at you on a Friday, 1.45 p.m. Pacific time. Life's crazy, man. We're busy. We're busy people, okay? We're also old and hurt. We're allowed to have lives. We're allowed to schedule things on Wednesday. Or to have things scheduled on us on Wednesday, I guess, yeah. I guess is more what had happened, but uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the Tactical Crouch, one seventy four, second to the last one, no, third to the last one. We have two more shows after this in May. We do. Uh, but hey, I don't know. I just keep saying hey over and over and over again. Hey, 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 hey. boy. Uh, we're going to talk about some Overwatch and Overwatch League. But before we do, uh, big thank you to our patron producers, Refine Bean, Ferdino, Battlecrab, Lotion, Rex Zane, Sir Girthalot, Porkchop, Sammy, Kosh67, Char, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Chrisar34444, Bronzebot, Boo How, Hotel Bravo11, Hunter Tain, and Yiska's Opera Scented Shower Gel. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Why? Good job. I like it. Good job. I like it. Nice. It. Uh, thanks so much for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Subscribe right here at twitch.tv slash kick tripod or uh, leave a tip down in the thing below. You can do that as well if you wanted to. You don't have to, but you can. Uh, let's, let's slow it down a little bit. What are, you, what are you guys up to? Like, What are you guys doing? Being old. Being very old. <laughs> I think Should I tell like, you my ailments of this week? Yeah. Explain tell, tell us what hurts, yeah. Yiska. Okay, so... I had to get an allergy test because there was something weird with my lungs and it's always like, okay, let's check if, if it could be allergies. So, found out I'm allergic to rye, by the way. But, like, you, you know, they do the little circles and then the scratchies and, like, then you have to sit there. Now, the problem is, of course, everyone's getting vaccinated at the moment. So they don't have the capacity to put you in the same rooms that they're now using for uh, vaccination stuff. So they didn't have like this thing where you just can't put your arms in and just rest and like lay back or whatever. So what they had me do was basically like, you, you know, it was like a flat table that had no space. There were just cupboards under it. So I couldn't put my legs under it while sitting. Does that make sense? So I'm s- sitting at a 45 degree angle like this. And then they for, like they forgot about me for 35 minutes. When I got out of that, I thought I had slipped a disc. I was close to crying. Like, I, it, it, it might have actually, I, I don't know if you can unslip a disc, but like I had to sleep over it basically in order for it to, or rather like it got unstuck in a weird way, but I had still had aftershocks of that. I don't know if it was muscular cramps. I didn't. I think I didn't make it better by uh, going over like, what's it called? Like these rolls that you can like put on the floor and then just roll. Dude, like viewers. Moral of the story is just never get old. Just don't. 
just avoid getting old. What do you do? How do you avoid that? I don't know. Risk I don't. Tip for life. <laughs> Die young. Um... No. <laughs> I was like, don't make I this was dark. So, I was already thinking. <laughs> don't I was make it thinking dark. about how how I like how that could be misinterpreted, and he just had to say it out loud. Yeah. No, like, okay, stay fit longer. Like, keep your biological age and. Uh, oh, would you look at the time? Shape. For, yeah. uh, and don't play catch up with it like I'm doing right now. <laughs> for the uh, the fitness nerds listening at home, I hit mm -hmm. a 185 pound squat snatch yesterday in my new PR. That was pretty dope. Nice. I've nice. been working on that a ton every Sunday. Has been trying oh, yeah. to build that up. So. About to be a real body snatcher. Yep, I mean, he's... that's it. <laughs> My goal is to hit the 1,000 club, even though it's not a squat, squat snatch. My goal is to hit the 1,000 club on the big three lifts. So back squat, deadlift, and strict press. And I'm at like 940 pounds right now. So, what, What's year? your sure. deadlift at? Uh, deadlift right now is 415. Jesus Christ, dude. Wow. It's actually okay. my, like statistically, it's my worst lift. I, I can back squat uh. 375, but I can only deadlift 415. So don't ask me how that, or don't, uh, yeah, don't ask me how that works. Um, anyways. Dude, like if you cut, you must just be like super jacked, right? Who knows? So here's the thing is Probably. I'm doing like 650 calorie cuts right now. Mm. Um, I'm cutting pretty hard. So Damn. I heard about an interesting concept I never thought about. It makes a lot of sense, but like, do you know like what neat is? Like basically like, you know how your cal caloric, um, just like upkeep, like the fatter you are, the, the higher is your caloric upkeep. And also, the, the less fit you are, the less efficient your muscles are, right? So, like, the same workout, couple month, months uh, removed, will net you less ca caloric uh, benefit, just because, like, your mu muscles are more efficient, right? And the other thing is, is also apparently psychological, where your body then, like, that's one thing that I didn't, like, I looked it up in my data, but I actually started walking way less once I started uh, running a lot, just like passively. So my passive movement over the day would just tune down to, like, in a, in a really, like, transparent way to, or, like, I didn't have taps on that, right? And then I found out, okay, wait, okay, I got to counteract this as well and got to have a baseline of uh, movement because I, otherwise my, my subconscious just self-corrects for being super tired from workouts, right? Yeah, so if, if I think I understood what you said. <laughs> I mm. think, uh, so what, like, essentially what you're saying is that the, the better you get at a workout, the, the more efficiently Less your body deals with the energy expended so right uh one mile run might take 250 calories today but if you run a mile for two weeks it might only take 200 two weeks from now yes you want to know that what the... and sorry you will ahead. be more lazy in everyday life doing less not possible like moving le <laughs> not possible. <laughs> moving less you know like not getting up for that or not going mm. Like mm -hmm. not doing the walk to the shops instead of uh, instead taking the car and whatever, right? 
And that's completely subconscious? I mean, not totally, but like it's it's not something I had on my radar. And like uh, once I once I started like doing like for my fitness a lot, my my average steps a day went down by like one thousand two hundred, which is really significant, right? On average. So that was something I had to keep track of. But I wasn't aware that sure. You know, your yeah. willingness to get up when you're already spent is just way different, mm -hmm. right? You want know what I learned, which was really interesting as well. So grow like growing up, I I'm used to doing. I wrestled in high school. Um, I'm used to doing like fasts and pretty tough calorie cuts. But mm -hmm. what I had, I was originally going to do a really aggressive calorie cut uh, for the month of May, and I met with a nutritionist, and they're like, "You're going to be cutting too much. Your body is actually going to." You you could potentially gain weight by cutting too many calories. Yep. Starvation. And burst and burn muscle, right? Yeah, because your body isn't going to, you know, do, so it's like this is the yep. the aggressive healthy amount that you can go for. Right. Um so like And how much undercut is it? Like 600 on 650. Okay. So yeah, my body yeah. my body burns on average 26 like 2712 in mm -hmm. a day and I'm eating 2072. Mm -hmm. Um and then working out 6 days a week. 5 5 CrossFit days and one cardio day. Nice. Which is a really light like 30 minute that's, cardio. That's day. It's like a Peloton bike ride for 30 minutes. It's not mm. like It's not like my body isn't resting. Um yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, so anyways, Overwatch League Let's go. A lot going on there. Um, big thanks to Eric for filling out the show notes. <laughs> Eric more and more is just kind of like the person who keeps the show together at this point. Um, <laughs> I've always been lazy. I can just disclose that to, to viewers. I'm always the last one. And, and then if, if, if John asked me, like, can you read this out? It's just like, oh, my God. Quick, I don't have quick, it. quick. Yeah, over the yeah, where? What? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, first of all, uh, Guangzhou, uh, releases Arachne. Um, we yep. aren't super surprised. Nope. No, nope. You got to make a change if you want to actually bounce back at some point in this league. Yeah. And they kind of need for to. Sure. They have a good enough and players. They, I just don't know why they yes. can't play. 100%. Well. Yes. So hopefully. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, if you if you guys go back to the TCP episode of the power rankings of the Asian region, we foreshadowed that being a potential problem uh, during the episode, and it would have been like you know how we talked about like if we did this like first coach to be fired, like Pajon would have been first, for me definitely Arachne would have been second, um, and. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I, I also don't know too much. It's just like whatever is said uh, about him. So I don't know if it's what what at what level there's lack, or if there's also always something about coach compatibility, right? Mm -hmm. Like, think of Moon. First season works com completely. Second season sort of loses the team, and then. Uh, has to be replaced, 
goes to Shanghai and then his team dominates again, right? Um, so sometimes there's such a thing as the wrong coach at the wrong time for the wrong team, or like you, you also there's there's also a concept in sports that everyone accepts. It's like when the message doesn't receive the players anymore, you know, when it's all the same, same, mm. and you don't really wake up the players with a, whatever method you have or whatever like style of coaching you just don't reach them anymore and that's mm -hmm. that would be weird to happen this early uh in their lifeline but like at the same time yes there's just mismatches sometimes so that like arachne not having success here doesn't necessarily communicate that he's a bad coach for that of course not uh overwatch league champion and whatnot right it's so. always it's always really interesting right and to be fair like the ultimate judge of how good a coach is is going to largely come down to the win-loss record whether we like it or not that's how they're largely remembered it's how they're rem re largely remembered in traditional sports and otherwise not that they can't have legacies outside of that um sure. but it's 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 always an interesting thing because whenever we see a, a coach or an analyst or somebody you know depart, the first thing people do is like, especially if they're on like a bottom half team, it's always like ten and twelve lol. Like that's kind of the the, the first thing that they come through, and mm -hmm. and it, it'd be it's really interesting to see just you know how how a fan values a coach and what, what value a coach brings to a fan versus what value a coach brings to uh, a player and an organization. For sure. Um, sure. And so uh, you think, you think uh, they'll land anywhere? Or do you All think right. that this hey, is? Uh, probably tough. not his head. Yeah, definitely not his head. Maybe if somebody needs like an extra hand, but it's so hard right now maybe shanghai maybe head i don't in know t2 oh i mean i think he was head for talon at one point so i think there's definitely room if he wanted to but um, I'll, I'll straight up yeah. tell you what would be a mistake is doing the switcheroo here between these two teams spark and charge yeah uh, if any yeah. of those two happened i i think that would be a mistake yeah I think I've always been of the opinion, especially early on in Overwatch, that I think coaches get like scapegoated a lot. And I think players just want to change and they just like nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what's going wrong, whether the message isn't being received, whether the coach is wrong for the team. The players yeah. are just unhappy. They want to. And I'm not saying this is what happened, but I think coaches get a lot of unwarranted flack especially internally sometimes the problem now is that you don't have too many games that you can just play around with and just go like okay let's just try this let's try a new calling structure let's try you know having this player play this now let's try this play you know you don't really have time to experiment um before you're just you know again uh like we've like Iska's kind of mentioned in private and, and you know on the show plenty of times we're a quarter of the way done already so Yep. You don't have time to to sit here and and peck around. Like you have to you have to play well. So yep. one bad stage like this, one zero and seven, it's not zero and seven, obviously. But um, you got it. You have to make something drastic. You have to change something up. And we'll never really know if it was Arachne, if it was the players, if it was 
some sort of mix of the both, whether it was resources given to him, tough to say. Um, so hopefully he can land on his feet, but yeah, it's, it sucks. It's definitely not easy to be coach uh, in this game. No, for sure. And but at the same time, I got to say, like, it feels like that the task is doable for whoever, who, for whoever comes next. Should I be. honestly, like, maybe, maybe we can talk about that as well. But like, in my mind, I don't think the APAC region has been weaker than it is right now. Um, it's just really, um, like, A, the teams that should be good are shitting the bed, <laughs> like the Guangzhou Charge, like the Hangzhou yeah. uh, Spark. The Valiant, for sure, right? Like, there's I a mean, problem. Did we NYXL is, is underperforming. The fact yeah. that Philly is as good as they are right now is sort of like a, a tell for that situation. Yeah. Shanghai is not the old Shanghai. No. Um, we'll get to them. I have, I have big problems with them. And who am I missing, Spark, guys? Seoul, Chengdu. Seoul. I mean, Seoul is Seoul. I, I think Seoul... Uh, performs within expectations, but everyone else seems to be a little bit other than fusion and uh, so everyone seems to be under their uh, like expected level from, from me anyway. And um, I think that also expressed itself in the results that made me actually like, I don't think it should be close given the, the setup of how this tournament ran. I guess we can talk about this now, right? Like in terms of the mm. competitive, competitive integrity issue that uh, we have there. Which is like... So... We knew Hawaii was going to be a competitive challenge. We know that travel was going to impact sure. teams already, like during the regular season. Um, mm. uh, like last year, if we ha had been traveling. Now... In the interview I had with uh, with Dallas Fuel before, like when they basically after the match where they qualified for the final, mm -hmm. like their assistant general manager Dia told me they had zero practice. I know, like Bayham didn't have much practice either. either. Yeah. So, like this is a massive competitive disadvantage. Depending on what you think about, like especially for the Western teams, they kind of want to get into that region, get a feel for the meta against the good contenders teams and whatnot. Mm. And also get a feel for the ping, honestly. Like, that's not a, a, an expected ping, ping range sure. that uh, they're playing at as well, right? So um, I feel like there was a lot stacked against them. Also different time zone, by the way. And, like, it's not a lot. It's three hours, but I think it's three, right? I'm not sure from Dallas. Maybe it's different. Um, but like, this is, this is still significant, di um, difference. And there is a problem with competitive integrity there. And the fact that the Asian teams didn't just slap is sort of telling towards the quality of this region at the moment. Yeah. I, I think the caveat there that I'd lean on is at the moment, um, we saw, <laughs> Not to completely jump ahead into the hero pools, but I think this is going to be a weird one um, or has the potential to be a weird one. Um, and we've seen what they can do in the past. This is going to be. Um, this is a really talented region. I think people correctly gave APAC the nod for being the stronger of the two um, for, for good reason. 
Um, so we'll see. I think at the moment is is where I'd hang my hat. I think we're, we're we've yet to see the the full potential of APAC, uh, and, and I expect them to do quite sure. well um, coming up. I don't know why they underperformed. I don't know if it was just being late to a meta. I just think, a weird style. Hard yeah, to say. I think what's important to remember too is a lot of the NA talent was kind of upgraded and consolidated considerably. Um, whereas I don't think you saw that as much in like, I mean, Shanghai, obviously, you know, really didn't mm. make many changes at all. Um, the fact that Chengdu is now, you know, the first or second best team in the region, depending on who you want to argue with, um, yep. you know, kind of goes to show how the power levels have kind of shifted as well. And I think, uh, you know, the top five or so teams in NA, I think made huge improvements oh yeah we didn't know if how it would necessarily match up one-to-one against Mm. um eastern teams we got our first glimpse of it i don't think it's enough for anyone to convincingly say just overall blanket na better than eu lol but or not eu um asia but uh it's it's kind of the it's definitely the first and very kind of uh decisive uh message that you know na can definitely hang <laughs> and if not mm-hmm. hang th- you know, they're, they're you know yeah excel exactly so i don't know it was I, yeah it was still kind of a travesty even looking at some of the na teams like if you were to actually pull people and say you know who are the four teams regard irregardless of the region that they played in that you'd like to see uh play in hawaii i think I think you really only want to send one representative from APAC. I would have much rather seen Houston go than somebody like Chengdu. Houston, Shock, Justice would have all been better teams. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That'd be that's kind of interesting if they just did like the top four teams. I'd love that. I just don't think there's like a fair it's, way to. Well, yeah, it's, it's really way. weird, yeah. right? Because you you only have four matches and you have you know twelve and one and eight and the other or whatever yeah. the the split is thirteen seven. Um, eleven and eight. I can't. Nine. I can't remember. Um, but the yeah. But it would be it would be nice. You know what they should do <laughs> is just expand it a little bit more. Make it like. Do you think they could do a six team monthly tournament? Yeah, it's it's all like the operational costs of flying Team Silver and whatnot is like. It's 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 not insignificant money. Right. I think by the end of the year, I think it's they could try. It's not insignificant, but I also am not convinced that it's significant. Yeah. I think, like, sending an entire team over from NA to Hawaii, everything covered, with hotels and everything, is between thirty dollars and $40,000. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of... <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's maybe slightly higher, but that's that's not out of the bounds of where I would put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think a lot of it comes at the cost. Like the the cost of it is probably higher because of the location that you have to kind of like meet at because you have to fly to Hawaii. Yeah, it depends on um, which Hawaiian island you're going to. Katie and I are going to uh, Maui for her friend's wedding, mm-hmm. and like we're looking for like the cheapest Airbnb is like six hundred dollars a night. uh whereas like her parents used to live on the big island and we could get like a great 
you know, Airbnb for 120. How well do you swim? Uh, pretty good with floaties. <laughs> water wings. Like I can swim. I can tread water. Uh, but I, I don't scuba. I think scuba right. is just a death wish. I don't get sure. it. I don't know why people, I would, I would sooner skydive than scuba. Really? I love watching those videos. I'm just terrified of doing that. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I don't know how, if I could appreciate it much better though, with like concentrating on if I have oxygen in the tank and if I'm able to get out of the cave I got into and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh yeah. If you're going like splunking, splunk, is that it? Cave diving. Yeah, that's, we went, that's, we went to a stuff. manta ray feeding one time. It was like a night dive. And so Katie's whole family is certified. So they all go uh, scuba diving. And then mm-hmm. basically uh, us who have married into the family who don't have our scuba certifications, we go snorkeling on top. So essentially how it is, is you have uh, you have the snorkelers on top with flashlights going down. And then you have the scubas, scuba ears on the bottom who are kind of sitting down there with flashlights going up that brings all like the fish and plankton in. And then the manta rays come and they feed right they above and below that. you. And it's, it's incredible. It was an amazing experience. Huh. I experienced it just as well from the top as I would have from the bottom, yeah, on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a really windy, like, or not like windy, but it, there was a really heavy wake. I don't know what the terminology is, but mm. whatever uh, under there's really heavy current. And so, You've got these these scuba divers who have to like put extra weights down and are like holding onto walk, rocks down at the bottom, and we had like three or four scuba divers who put too much weight on and like couldn't swim back up after like the hour feeding, and I'm just oh, like, no. I go basically you mafiaed yourself, like <laughs> at that point you tied rocks to your ankles <laughs> and yeah. just like tried. So yeah, no, yeah. I think uh. Don't don't do scuba, kids. Do drugs. Just get no. Don't. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we're gonna put the explicit tag on this one. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not ad suitable e- either anymore. That's uh, not for a children. Firing on my pot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Shall we? Let's let's get move on, on with the news. Paris, 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 Paris. Old guard, Neptuno. Gone. Mm. Mutually part ways. They signed yeah. uh, Dredro in his place. Oh, that's yeah. I didn't quite expect this one. I no. was hoping they would. This was this was like my Oh, you mean first. the Dredro replacement though? Yeah. I think I don't, John's yeah, talking about uh, Neptune, Neptune retiring. retiring. Yeah, yeah, I 100%. Like, it's tough. Didn't really hear much from him. I don't think he played all that poorly. Um, if anything, I thought Paris played pretty well. Um, he didn't really kind of stick out either way, which is usually a good thing, at least in my eyes. Um, it sounds like just from his twit longer that he may move into coaching. So maybe not heard the complete last uh, last hurrah mm-hmm. from Neptuno, but um, yeah, sad to see him go. Gonna pull a cool mat. Maybe seems to be pretty pretty passionate about things i think he came from like semi pro cs in spain yeah yeah mm-hmm. so he's been around the block for a hot minute not only that but he's been an overwatch since movie star which is 2017 roughly yeah so this kid's Neptuno been played cs 
yeah i guess like pretty i mean i don't know how pretty serious level, yeah. oh, okay pretty high do you know level. if okay. he's planning mm -hmm. on like is he playing valorant or anything at all like is not sure is there any speculation there <sighs> how old is he i'm not saying i'm not saying yeah i, I gotta oh, say I he's know. up uh, towards he's our 29. age Neptune yeah, is 29 29 i think that's coaching wow. territory right? 92 yep <laughs> That's coach territory right there. That's definitely getting into coach territory. <laughs> I think you could do it in a game like Valorant if he but wanted even then, to. I don't know if like if he's looking at other esports at all or for sure. Uh, I just had this visceral realization where we went to like, oh, he's twenty nine, and John goes, yeah, he's from ninety two, and my mind goes like, that's no way, it's ninety two. I'm eighty seven. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it, is. it makes sense to us. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> right. Yeah. <sighs> what a gut punch. Nice. Yeah. There's. I had a gut punch the other day of something that was just like. Oh, remember this movie? Feels like it came out in 2014 or something like that. And it's like, no, it's mm. 20 years old. <laughs> Oof. Might have been the original Iron Man or something and be like, you know, yeah, I remember oh, Iron Man okay. or whatever. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was 2006. Wow. It's 15 years old. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I have that a lot. It's... You'll get there, kids, when your favorite yeah. athletes are all younger than you. And stuff oh, like I, that. so I actually had, so Katie, oh, sorry guys, you only get me for like three more episodes, so endure it. Um, we've been watching Shadow and Bone on Netflix. And um, the actors are all like, I'm like, all these actors are younger than me. And I'm like, is it because I've gotten older and so they look like peers are younger than me and they've actors have always been in that age? Mm. Or are they actually just like younger actors and this is meant to be a story to tell, you know, like kind younger of like, audiences. yeah, like kind of like just out of high school, first into the army type thing. And I can't find the answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know hmm. if all answers, all actors looked, if that's a normal age for an actor. And I'm just like, I had my first realization that the normal age for the actor now looks young to me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I still like the story where like Cassius at the, in American stores now only have to like glance at the ID because as soon as it says 19 something, the person can legally drink. Yeah, which is like, wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, it'd That's... be two thousand. If you're under two thousand, you're good. Almost. Yeah. I think there's some, right? Because it's we're not done. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty. I'm sure there's plenty in 2021 that still have to. But by the end of the year, yeah, it'll be. No, no. If it's 2009, uh, 1999, then your birthday yeah, would have you're to good. have been mm -hmm. right. Like then it's yeah. good. Yeah, as long as so you're under. If it's 19, you're good. Yep. I don't want to do this yeah, math that's... right now, but I don't think you're right. <laughs> I think I'm right. I think it's the end of 2021. It's also really depressing. <laughs> is when you get it. Anyways, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, bye, Neptuno. Uh, Tridro, sounds like you're pog. both happy. Great. Big pog. That's a good Easily, pickup, yeah. like, he's been, he's been hot. He's been on people's radar since 2018. For sure. I think. Like he was young. It's been brought up on the show. Young yep. EU main support, just constantly an issue. Um, yeah, going to do big things on this team. Uh, 
what easily uh, a strong European backline with Don and now Udridro. Woo! That's mm-hmm. a problem. That yeah. is a problem. This Honestly, is, like people don't realize, but like the the talk around Dredro wasn't that different from FD God like mm-hmm. last season. And it was actually pr- pretty surprising that he wasn't picked up or looked at to, to that extent. And it just makes a lot of sense that uh, he would be um, the replacement for that team. Right? Like, yep. Good, good pickup. Yeah. When I, when I, right when I heard that Netino was gone, I'm like, God, I hope they pick up Dredro. I think that'd be such a big move, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, fr- it's probably one of the better French players playing for France. Like you, you can't write a better, like that's, that you get the best of both worlds. You get a sick player that could just be a legacy player um, mm-hmm. if you wanted it to be, and then you get, you know, a homeboy. So it's right. Paris. Paris is a couple moves away. Again, um, Europe's, Europe's waiting for a good team, and you've got two, two solid front runners right now. Someday mm-hmm. we will get that EU super team, I swear. Yeah, I believe it. It's been, it's been the Paris season two promise that we've just never, sure. quite, got, <laughs> never quite gotten yet, have we? Um, yeah, that's great. There's a couple of other. Rhea did retire. Um, Sag. I'm a Rhea apologist. Oh, yeah. Same. Um, but I don't want to. <sighs> Let's be honest. Like. I guess I do want to. Yeah, like I, I had, I had the, you know, the, the interview with uh, Pre back in the day. I remember him saying, like, no, it wasn't that way. Like that, we just got Fury after the fact, and now Rhea is just here. At the same time, it is fucking Fury, dude. Yeah, it's just it's Fury, hard man. To play Fury. You can, you can have all the intentions in the world to go, look, you know, you have roles here and we want you to work on this, but it's like, yeah, but Fury can also work on that. So it's like, uh, yeah, no, it'll, it's Fury tough. is very obviously like, I guess you could, we could argue Choi. He came in a little bit later, but like Fury is very obviously like top two ever in Overwatch League off tank, right? Like yeah. without a doubt, I would say more than more so than Choi. Um, just because of the longevity of that career and um, also the success rate, relatively speaking, in his uh, own performance. So I don't know. Like even you argue in... him over Choi. Yeah, you know he replaced Choi when Choi moved up. What? Are we Choi talking about play... this? In... Choi Hyobin. Yeah. And Rhea. No, I'm talking for Fury. the Fury. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, never mind. I was about to throw hands with you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm I'm talking Fury like that. You that there's a legitimate case. Yeah, if you want to argue Fury over Choi, off tank ever in can't, Overwatch. Can't League. argue with that. That's fair. Right. Yeah. So it's really hard to get past a guy like that when even on like off picks or whatever. Like you're just like Fury is also known for being super flexible as well. It's just like mm-hmm. a really talented dude. So it's really tough to be behind the guy. Of course, like that might not be the reason, um, but yeah, it's 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 hard, right? Yeah, definitely sure. somebody who's promised and probably could still play in the league, but you know, just not in it, or it's just too late in the season to actually get picked up by a team. Then you know, sad to see him go, but you know, maybe there's ways that he'll come back later. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be mm-hmm. wouldn't be unheard of. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the big 
the big thing, though. Uh, May Melee Tournament in the books. Woo! Finished up last week. It was a fun time. Good time. It good was, games. Uh, yeah, there's some good the games in there. Yeah. Some, uh, some. I love, though, I love, love, love what Eric put in our show notes for, for me. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Uh, and let's hit on the big one. So, first of all, congratulations to the Dallas Fuel. Uh, I think, you know, while none of us predicted it. Actually, Yiska did predict I did. it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah Yiska, Yiska did, did predict yeah, yeah. it. And then I said, I agree with Yiska. I remember that. Um, so basically I predicted it. Um, there is one prediction that went a little, uh, flaccid, if you will. True. And Joe went full Too on Chung do Joe here. And, yep. uh, <laughs> um, geez, this is, this is savage. Uh, Eric put do pandas hibernate question mark. Joe's champion pick wins two maps all weekend. Two is better than one. One's better than none. Just saying. So uh, bottom three yeah. outcomes. I agree. <laughs> yeah. After the first day, they very clearly look like the worst team there. Um, I. It's tough to really nitpick on one specific thing because I think they they ironed out what I thought was going to be their big problem, and I thought that was going to be their hybrid. Um, going into the event, I think they only had one, like one of four hybrids and I kind of weight that game mode kind of high. Um, I control has always been a strong suit of theirs. Two CP was strong coming in. Um, they just did not have a good like answer for a lot of what like Dallas specifically threw at him with like the Winston rush with like the Winston Moyer Lucio. Nobody did. Monk just got sat true. Nobody really did. Um, but Monk just got sat on. Um, and it was it was rough. Um, and yeah, I, I had it basically the winner of winner of that for that, that second semifinal game, Dallas and Chengdu, whoever was winning that was going to win the whole thing. Um, I, I think I said that on the show, uh, but I definitely said that quite a whole lot of the discord. So if you want to hear me try to double back on a lot of my predictions, you can join the discord. Um, and yeah, so tough to really say. I think Jinmu played well. Um, Control was a little floundery at times. Um, yeah, they they tried to lean into the things that got them there, and it just didn't didn't work. Mm. Sucks, but what are you gonna do? Still good team. Got here though. Take it. Better they got Spark there. New York. I'll take it. Yeah, they Top did one. get there. Uh, no wins. No wins. The. Second team to go would be the Florida Mayhem. Mm. And that was pretty interesting as well. Um, Florida beat Chengdu, but basically uh, couldn't get past Shanghai twice. Yeah, I didn't think it, it was it was unfortunate with, you know, reasonably close in the first time, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, three, two. And then they got kind of banged out three. Oh, but that was immediately. After they, yeah, no, no, three, two. They tied one to us. Yeah, Shanghai man. Game six. <laughs> Check. Ilio swatch point Gibraltar. Yeah, three two of Shanghai for the first one. Yeah, Dear and then three Eric. zero for. <laughs> Your spreadsheet made me look silly. That's on okay. The show. Please advise. 
Oh, that was that was always kind of interesting, or not always interesting, but that was kind of an interesting uh, head-to-head on Li Zhang, Florida, and Chengde. Do you remember them on um, Control Center? They both kind of like comp swapped, where like Chengdu yeah. rolls out on like some rush stuff, and then Florida comes out trying to like counter yeah, yeah. their counter. It was actually kind of cute. Um, yeah. I thought Florida looked okay. Um, oh, what was it? Was it their Shanghai? Was Shanghai game two? Game one? Who was it against? It had to have been game two, I guess. Can you explain so I have a chance to help you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was game two because <laughs> that's the only time they played Hanamura. It was just that Hanamura point A attack where Shanghai is defending with like Farah and Flat is on Farah and OG and Yaki are the only two people who actually get through the choke. Mm, okay. And they just yeah. run four First minutes one. out of the clock. It's oh, probably some of the most frustrating overwatch i've seen today outside of like valiant games um uh, i think i think that was a gimme not a gimme for them but i think that goes very differently um and i think they can avoid shanghai game two if they play it literally almost any other way oh just i think they're kicking themselves after that hana because they tie that and then it's three two just series result like i think i think florida easily could have won that yeah, I think if you literally swap to anything, like Tracer Ball into what they were running were the only two proactive pieces they had, and you had four people doing nothing. Um, they were just sitting in like the, the gate, just flinging bullets at nobody and letting Flutter just pick their back line apart. And, you know, bless Yaki for actually finding a pick and actually trying to get them into that, but ugh, not good. Not good Overwatch. They brought it back, which is great on the other maps, but their Hana was uh, not good. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel again, I feel for the uh, Western teams, just like it's it's hard, yeah, right? Agreed. You could have definitely argued this uh, isn't like straight bad, but um, because you also can recuperate a little bit, you can see the yeah. islands. Um, and stuff like that, but it looks yeah, like they had I a mean, good time. It looks afterwards. like they had fun. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's yeah. what Florida was doing. It's like let's just hey. let's just bang this out and go play some chicken in the sea. You get a free win. You get to play a little bit in the ocean. Not wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I recently actually read a paper where, um, like, good mood within a team environment was positively correlated with uh, success. Success, yeah. Makes sense. Which was quite quite interesting, yeah. Hmm. I wonder if that holds up at the absolute top level, but yeah. Because we definitely had... uh, (laughs) We we had champions that weren't quite harmonious in the the locker room. I think you have to overcompensate a lot to make up for, like, just having zero trust in your team to do anything. Yeah. Um, I think I think you can overcompensate, but you have to have some dangerous pieces. You need to have yeah. like arguably the best. Yeah. Um, I think it's much more the other way around that like a team that like trusts each other and not to get completely too flowery, but you know has the power of friendship. You know can swing above much much higher above their weight than the opposite. Generally speaking, yeah, that's yeah. why it's maybe it's not even just like being friends, but being on a workable level. And like, for instance, that's, the Shock are a team that usually 
at least appear from the outside to be super close, right? Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the biggest um, things that uh, Krusty enforces within a team, like a good culture uh, that's like not too flowery, but still conducive to uh, good work, right? Hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yeah. Hopefully, one of these days, one of these days, we're gonna get Krusty to to sit down and spill. Maybe when he retires or gets the three peat. Here's the hoping, but one of these I, days, I think prolific figure. Like, like the, it strikes me as a position where, yes, you would get like a couple of great quotes out of him, but I think like this is probably one of those cases where it's just like most of the stuff he would tell you would be very obvious and things you've heard before sure. in terms of like coaching philosophy. But we we are as humans are always like, you know, we want that little extra potion yeah, thing yeah. that we all don't already know. And like instead of just going towards like the most known stuff that grandma told us in terms mm -hmm. of like getting to happiness, it's like, ah, but what like is there something magical about like no, no. It's just like good honest work, my friends. Yep. Like And I think that's that's interesting in and of itself, right? Like Yeah having somebody kind of be the you know the elder from the mountains you know just telling you hey just one foot after the other i don't know that's how yep. i got here yep <laughs> it's there's no special secret there's no excedrin pill that's gonna you know cut the weight for you you just gotta i don't know lift the rock uh, like mine, huh? the problem is often it's also just like an ineffable quality for these people that don't realize where they're special right yeah, it's yeah. almost better to have a third un, uh, unreliable narrator tell the story yeah. <laughs> of like just how nuts they were because like i don't know if uh what's would be a good like it's probably just if you have like a good scuba diver for instance just like take a deep breath dude right and just go in <laughs> and it's it's like yeah i think it's it's not that often super technical I think that's another thing that's like, um, because I know that you reference a book a lot that pertains to like captains and leadership. Um, I th I think I want to quote it to Mithy in League, who who is often quoted as saying like, "Oh, I don't, I don't lead my teams. I just let them feel or like, I just t I it's something really super simple and generic where it's just mm -hmm. like." uh like a truth about leadership where you try to just mm. get them to like realize what they should do not necessarily tell them what they should do mm -hmm. and it's really simple and kind of counterintuitive but it's just like yeah that's pretty smart yeah. Yeah. something like that yeah banter life i think i think it's close to that but yeah something something like that could be that who knows sorry when yeah. afk for a bit the uh, mouse that i've been searching for the past five months just came in stock so i bought it final mouse does it have a diamond in it? The white Logitech Super Light. Oh, Super Light. You don't have a bot set up mouse. like every other scumbag that's trying to like <laughs> out scumbag the scumbag on drops? Just for my aim. I don't get it, man. I don't get perifs. I, I can get the keyboards. I am, I am a man of aesthetics. So I I, like well, a, here's the thing is nice I just keyboard. want to go wireless. I've got my, my Cape Town. Oh. And I like it. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. It's great. But... My flicks. The people are, go crazy over my, Chris. My flicks are so on point, and the the cable is just really messing with the jam a little bit. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Clogging so. your jams. And plus, like whoever 
decided to make the brown oranges. Not a happy human being, I don't think. Honestly, I'm pretty positively surprised just by like this the cheap Logitech like 305. Like, I had the G Pro wireless beforehand, and Jesus Christ, like that piece of shit gave me the the spinny wheel and the double clicking bug like in no time. And this one's actually holding up pretty well. I'm uh, I've very rarely bought like. Mice are weird because you don't have like the the mechanical keyboard treatment for mice, right? Like you can't customize them in the way. Get the switches you yeah, want. True. Four hundred dollars yeah, yeah. on a board, which I totally would. Um, mm-hmm. Someone decided to make like the artisan kind of DIY house builder, house builder thing. Like that. Could That's be a, huge. definitely a market. Yeah, that could be huge. Um, but. Like Final Mouse, I've had like I had the fi- I had the Scream Final Mouse before I even knew who he was, um, and I loved it. So I got the Cape Town, great mouse by the way, um, but wireless is just so good now for mice <laughs> specifically. Like Overwatch League players use it, professional Valorant players use it. The yeah, when I heard that, I was kind of surprised. I was surprised too. I'm like yeah. bullshit. They're using yeah. it like maybe they use it like in their hotel room, like when they don't have anything else or whatever, like or their backup or they use it for, I don't know, their geometry one homework because they're 16 years old. <laughs> the, but nah, these like the new yeah. wireless stuff is like 1.2 milliseconds. <laughs> like they, they, the the latency is lower than the USB latency for um, caching. So, huh. whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to try that because I probably need I need a new lot of things. My shit's just old. So we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Shall we? Anyways. Finals. Did I did I interject every ten minutes with a small tangent to just totally derail the show? No. Put that in your one star iTunes reviews. Um. <laughs> all right. Let's let's keep going through this here. So, I mean, I think at this point we just go ahead and we we talk about the Dallas fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to rant about Shanghai. I didn't like them. They were very irritating. Joe wants to talk about Shanghai. So okay, get get your killjoy energy out of you. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Because we're gonna killjoy now. By the way, (sighs) do Shanghai fate. Put the finger on the booing. uh, No, no booing. I think you'll agree. I think this was a big reason why I think they lost. Like Izayaki's nano usage was literally all over the place. Um. Literally just like StarCraft 2 macro. If you're not using it, you're losing it. Like just decision making was, was so tragic for this team. Um, I don't know why Moon consistently puts fate on ball. They they win maps where he's not on ball and they lose maps when he is on ball. I, I hate to be that reductive, um, but it really did feel that way. I was big disappointed in like almost a quarter of Fleta's dupes. Um, I, I, if you were in the Discord, you 
you probably got sick and tired of me ranting about how dupes should be used and i think shanghai easily had the worst dupes um period um yeah i think i think this this match this series could have gone a lot closer and the fact that again to re to reiterate what yusuke was saying the fact that dallas came in with no prep and shanghai theoretically got to prep for this and looked as kind of sloppy as they did it's not a good not a good vote of confidence at, at all whether it's the Ana dupes, it was the Tracer dupes, it was the McCree dupes, just a significant lack of tank dupes. Um, just, just, and then Fleta always like, didn't always get nano, but like the amount of times that it was used for tempo. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big things with Shanghai this event is they constantly felt like they were trying to get back into the game through like just trying to tempo their way in to just mechanics themselves. Yeah, I think a lot of the players played well. I think Fleta played really well, um, but there were a lot of just really expensive decision-making blunders that this team did that I, I it, it cost them potentially the main melee title. I did mm -hmm. not expect Shanghai to consistently do what they were doing. At first, I was like, oh, Izayaki probably was just trying to save him. It's just a one-time thing. But in all three of their, four of their sets, um, it was a constant just tempo groveling just trying to hold on to control of the match and it would just dig them such a big hole that was hard to get out of sometimes um especially against a team like dallas so again it only just speaks to how good dallas actually was um that you come in with no practice no hit scan and you know questionable tracer coming into the uh, yep. preseason um and you knock it out of the park easily uh easily yeah. the best team like yeah. just hats off. You you can't not talk about one in a in a bad light without really just hyping up the other. Like Dallas, it, it, everything had to go right. Like so much. It's it's it kind of really does beg belief in that way that you so much had to like so much went wrong for this team, or so many question marks were surrounding this team that yeah i i mean the league put out like the stats like almost like 47 or like a high 40 percentile mark uh of the the, the people who actually made a pick them for the the main melee uh had dallas winning which was actually pretty surprising um just looking at kind of their narrative coming into it what's been going on i get that they were hot they didn't drop a game um but was was definitely a little a little questionable for me um but yeah easily the best team incredible shout outs to those who actually did pick them picked right um it's about the peaks definitely is about peaking at the right time and they for sure landed on their feet all of them everybody played well i don't think i could name like i was disappointed in the mvp nod i thought it was was clearly doha that that was the most valuable player for that team, but I'm definitely not mad really? at anybody. Interesting. Yeah. Who, I thought, who did get the MVP? Was it Fearless? Let's see. Uh, I, yeah, I, Fearless got it. Okay. He played well. thought he played. Yeah. Well. I, Everybody on the team played great. Yeah. Oh, I should have known that. I did a video today where, where I wrote into the video that it's arguable that he was the best of, all, entire, of the entire Mami Lee tournament. If you take everything into account from their qualification series against um, the shock up until um, 
the final, I think Fearless is just like MTDing people at the moment. Oh yeah, but it up. It's, no doubt it's, in my mind. it's pretty incredible. Yeah, he's also yeah, no, no, no. there. He's getting a lot of support, but that shouldn't get in the way of him actually just like diffing people. Um, and the only person that looks to be even comparable was Mag in that like one series where they show like the head to head stats, and it was like Mag is very competitive, but Justice as a team did not did not hang as well as we thought they were going to. Um, but yeah, Fearless is definitely performing now. We will see what happens with Hero Bulls because this is going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, this Dallas arc, story arc, is probably one of my favorite ones in the Overwatch League so far. Um, Easily. And yes, it's like, it, I, we don't know how long it will last. And it's also, like, the thing is with with like only four qualification matches and then however many matches after that, mm. which would be three matches after that, um, it's not a great sample size to like th the problem is it theoretically, if you compare it to like, let's say a se season one tournament, okay. sure, you have yeah, to yeah. play 10 matches and then the tournament. Yeah, it's just like less about consistency, which is an attribute I care about a lot. Everything else, like the the one caveat you could make in terms of the volatility of that um, result, you have to like the the weight of everything else that just went against this team just nullifies it for yep. me, right? Like, like it if you ask them with, to play ten games, like do you really expect much different? Probably, they probably still not. make it. They probably still win. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah, no. So, like they come in. And they have this, like, incredibly tough time. Not only, like, do they not have a dedicated tra tracer player. Also, I will say that, like, yes, Sparkle is a great talent. It's still not something that would, like, like he's still not a top-tier tracer player. It's just not what he is, right? He's getting diffed by uh, people like Lip, for sure, a lot of the time. So... That's that's the thing. Yes, okay, you can talk about that being a problem of, of the team building. Whatever, whatever it is, right? So then, you're actually de dedicated hitscan players out. Mm. Which is like, like, retiring and everything. Super hard to find a replacement on short notice with, like, visas. By the way, we'll my, my information is that it's, it, it has become a lot more, uh, a, a lot easier to get a visa oh, really? now. Good. Um, because cool. the Overwatch League had a breakthrough so, uh, thing. Awesome. Um, and like the they get there barely. They're the only two-two team. They had a pretty hard stage. Keep in mind, they could have might as well have won the opener against the few uh, the outlaws. Yep. Looped by the justice, but then like as XZ retires, like they find their own style. They reinvent themselves through like this hardship, right? Like it's it's the like. We, we both know we love that metaphor, but it's a Kintsugi moment, right? Mm. Of like breaking apart and molding yourself together golden. I like someone mentioned it in Discord. I'm not sure. What is Beardy? I'm not sure. But that you could argue that this this victory might not happen if it if it isn't for the hardship. Yeah. And if they actually play full meta that everyone else is playing. 
depending on um on who would would have been available, right? Mm. So they come into the event, go through its three upper bracket final, unarguably beats the uh, strongest teams in that tournament as well. There's no easy road for them, and they just make it despite like no practice, different environment, higher ping. Like no a lot of naysayers. Oh my god, where are we in this cycle? <laughs> and also this final like Team Envy is like a an organization that has been in Overwatch so long and that has given a lot to Overwatch. Yeah. And they were the first best team. They were the first team in uh esports history to win win it in Korea, right? Yep. That's that organization that then did their homework seemingly in season one and got completely ruffle stomped out of that, right? Yeah. I mean, completely. Uh, like they're still outside of, uh, but way below expectations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they dwindle along and then they just say, okay, hold the phone. Like we can't have this me uh, like mediocrity anymore for this brand. And they just like invest into excellence. Right. Another thing that I have to say is where I have to call myself out for being full of shit is my I didn't I don't think it I said it explicitly, but I okay. think I underrated Rush heavily. If sure. So yeah. to be transparent, definitely. in my mind, a lot of what Paris was doing well was coming from 9k mm. right turns out both of those coaches are actually cracked mm. at least at, that's what the what's the current i mean rush had incredible success on em mm -hmm. um like had a great success in his first season with the paris eternal mm. now has great success like what am i even interpreting here but it's not even it's not even just like oh i'm a refiner i take what everybody else is doing um and then just get good at it or i can know i can you know synthesize the game down to my players and i can teach that to them he's always been stylistic yes you look at the original em and like some of the erisa stuff they were doing with torb it's like oh wow this team actually is doing things outside of the box a little bit you Even look the at them with stuff. like the doom sombra yeah like yep. they were they were ahead of their their time a lot of the a lot in a lot of different ways and then you look at the dallas fuel a lot of the same shit it kind of has Rush's name all over it. And it's like, yeah, big, big reason why I think all four of these teams got here is because they were not only good, not only were they led well, but they were led stylistically. Like each team had their own kind of different iteration. You had Florida with the Sigma stuff, really leaning into that, doing well with it. Being a good, you know, uh, dive team feels weird to say because i don't think the style is necessarily dive so much as it's just winston winston centric then obviously ray and chengdu and i think shanghai is probably the only one that's not as stylistic but three out of four definitely noticeable if you were to like remove the nameplates for sure yeah hmm. yeah and the name value like there's a lot of similarities between these teams seemingly I think there's always like one that sort of fits out of the pattern, but for instance, like this was like main tank heaven in a lot of ways. Uh, with we can argue about fate, right? But Gaga 
yeah. is an exceptional player for his team. OG's oh, like we can talk about OG, but OG is here now. Like like the 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 question marks we had for this team in terms of like what OG can bring to the table. And then Cookie, like in the learning to win again, which is by the way, rewatch that now and see their comments all come true. Mm -hmm. Like it just like at right now, this looks all golden, right? From Cookie basically saying, Well, I I have this gut feeling that as soon as this this guy is integrated into a fully Korean speaking roster, he will unlock a, a next level. He's yeah. been delivering on th all three main tanks mm -hmm. that he's played so far, right? Like in terms of uh, he does like there's no lack in in terms of the the nope. diversity that he brings to the table. Um, fearless, of course. Like, I mean, not shut me at up the moment. for sure. Like that's that's not a question mark. I agree that there are some concerns about the next meta. We'll get to it, but the only question mark to a degree was fate. I think he was the weakest main tank probably of the four uh, yeah. on the weekend. Easy. But I, I mean, still, like this is still, yes, there are better main tanks outside that top four. Like certainly Mac impressed more. Oh yeah, um, Django imp impressed more. But it's not like fate some so sort of chump, right? I think yeah. that's kind of what you're saying. Like he's still good. He's good enough to be here. I think their style kind of referencing to where like the nano usage was put. Like he didn't get all the resources that I think a lot of the other main teams had. For sure. That's yeah. a big difference as well. And so you have the pattern of like the strong main tanks. You have the pattern of the good coaches, of the out of the box thinking coaches as well. Mm. Rush, yep. Ray, uh, Moon, at least like it's hard to evaluate Moon and whatever he yeah. brings to the table. Um, and Kooky, right? So Kooky for sure. Like it, that's that's a pattern, like a, a perception of strong coaching in all of those teams. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's something to be said about good flex supports shining through. Um, Is even though fielder, yeah, fielder, like feel is another one of those guys that are underestimated. But like the the thing is, last season, okay, here's here's the here's a little bit into Lieska's psychology, right? Okay. Fielder was hyped last season for a performance that was basically Anna heelbotting, right? <laughs> Which is like fair because this That's kid was not... playing on two hundred ms. <sighs> yeah. Look at his stats; like he had twenty percent more healing than anyone else, or whatever, and was just like sure. Botting heals for the most part. It worked, of course, but that was <laughs> that isn't you know the exciting Anna play that I associate with that, right? Um, so I didn't think this kid would hit like he has done, uh, jumping in there, right? Um, Namjin always like nutty, so like that's the pattern. And then in terms of storylines, man, like I know, I I just stumbled across your your piece on Jexy oh, just yeah, by accident, yeah. right? I was doing some research. I'm like, oh, wow. You, you wrote about this. And it's such a satisfying storyline, dude. Like, it's... Mm. It is... It is it is Disney-level movie shit. Where it's like, you have this really, like, hard-working guy whose probably biggest fault is not knowing when to stop over practice. Right, like, yeah, or just, like, being down on himself. 
and being really self-critical otherwise yeah. being a really fun person person to be around but as soon as competitive uh like success comes into it and this guy had never won a tournament yes he was on em they didn't win a tournament when he uh, he was with them and then he went through all these teams and he didn't win a tournament with them either so this after 4 years almost 4 years at the professional level he finally gets his um, his first victory after all these sorry I underperformed dude I'm sitting in this post-match interview with him and I'm like I'm asking the question and the translation comes in and I already see the pain in his face right and of course I don't know what it means but then the translation comes through and the last sentence is like the difference today between us and Houston on map 5 was my performance which was bad and I'm just like Look at my face on that one as well. I'm, I'm like, whoo, boy. Okay, before I ask the next question, let me calm that down before I start like crying in this, right? Mm. So super satisfying payoff uh, as a story arc. Like that's the little, you know, like typewriting monkey in me that really enjoyed all of that. Um, also, like who knew when Dallas fans win, they can be actually quite sweet. <laughs> Not the most dickish yeah. fan base in the Overwatch League, right? Like, you deserve it as well. Like, you've suffered enough. Oh, about yeah. that. I was going like, to say, they had three seasons to get that beat out of them, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. We'll see what Houston wins. I don't know about I don't know about that fan base, but we'll Can't see. Can't wait for Boston to come roaring back someday. Oh, man, those fans are going to suffer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Dallas Dallas winning was definitely the most wholesome like plot armor like you just want them to win. Like after all they've gone through as a team, their story coming back together after all these years, bringing on a couple new pieces, even having some old pieces just, you know, laying around, repel. I see you out there. Shout outs to you. You know, best of luck. Fielder looks great. Um hopefully we get to see him. Uh but yeah, just just a just a nice nice moment, you know. We just need Rush to sign some of the rest of them. We need like Daco and Popo to come back and MCDs, you know, chilling on Spark. You know, why don't we just bring him over too? Why not? You know, let's just stack everything up. So yeah, it was it was it was just very heartwarming to see Jexa finally get his. Yeah. There's also an underappreciated storyline on the larger scale of esports, which is a guy, an endemic owner from yeah. Uh, out of esports that in every other esport whenever he was like focused on the game aspect created championship winning teams look up the history of envious they've yeah. been the best team in the world in cs they've been the best team in the world in call of duty like a bunch of other titles to name there as well at the top level right could argue then he goes into the fight. ceo situation has to manage a bunch of stuff at like business level it's removed mm. from that and then he steps seemingly back i'm not sure if he would subscribe to that notion sure. of stepping back but gets more into the competitive side again becomes like chief gaming officer or something looks at the dallas fuel the first split the first instance after their rebuilds that they can get they are once again winning titles yep. like i there is something in Hastro that is beyond just like spending a lot of money. Where like 
you can spend a lot of money in esports and have a lack a lot of uh, success, right? Philly. And a lot of season one fuel. <laughs> That's, I, I that. can't. Yes, I can't the fuel not say it. Also, that. Yeah, the season and were, one fuel also did that thing. They, yeah, it's also the season two fuel. It's also the th season three fuel. <laughs> the thing is, that's is not with Hasbro like having, you know, like being yeah. this CGO of this, right? So, like that's an unappreciated aspect. I'm I'm looking forward to where he's take, uh, putting his intention next in esports because. Like, it's really hard to deny that this guy has an eye for eye for talent. Mm -hmm. What I mean is, like, he knows who to nominate as his guy to scout the players in order to get the best out of a, uh, a team and create world-winning titles across esports, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, he's also, like, I, I, I know, like, he plays Overwatch a bunch as well. And he okay. seems really proud of that achievement as, now, as well as now. Yep. Like, that's just, I don't know. Like, I know that there's there's been some drama around like his competitiveness, but uh, in, in essence, like that, like the the vibe I get from that is like the, what my type of owner uh, yeah. should look like. Historically, somebody who's almost overly nice to a lot of his players and a lot of you know not a not a ruthless businessman by any means. I think if anything, these last few years um, in Overwatch have been a little more aggressive but i think it's more just because the results haven't been there um but in the past always been somebody who has been credited as being almost too nice to some of the players and keeping them on for too long giving them one too many chances before moving yep. on um yep. and then to see you know him again maybe projecting a little bit but you know really getting in and, and handsy with the team and figuring out what's happening what's wrong putting people yep. in positions that they need to be and and look they win titles so Hard not to hard not to, you know, celebrate that and especially where they're headed next, you know, with you know, the the big boss coming making a comeback. I think it's I think it's big. It's a big move. Yeah. Big boss coming back. I was gonna say I've been pining to talk about this all episode, but we're out of time. But the Dallas Fuel did at kind of the last minute here bring on Pine. Big boss pine is back. That's gonna sell some jerseys. It's a big move. I don't think it's that 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 poor. I'm I'm I agree with a lot of the the speculation, but I think even if Pine is at a modicum of what he once was, I think he's going to stylistically fit with this team quite heavily. As long as the personalities don't necessarily clash, Dallas aren't going anywhere. Uh, not for a while. Yeah, I'll I'll also say okay. This is on both other topics in terms of like. Is Pine the, the right guy? And on our hero pools necessary, ZP <laughs> hit both of those on the head for my money. Mm. So ZP said, basically, it's a yeah, little weird of a pickup. Most sure. definitely is a weird pickup. Like, this guy sure. hasn't been seen at the top level. When he was at the top level, he didn't actually play a match for the entire season. You gotta be really confident that you understand something about this guy that other people didn't understand. Then again, you gotta probably give credit to Rush that way. And then on the hero pool thing, I agree that if you if you locate the likelihood of a meta eventually becoming stale, and that being a detriment to your audience's enjoyment, then four week hero pools and actually it's really clean with the tournament uh, range mm. is the way to go. I think this. <sighs> yes, it's unfortunate. I will, Joe. 
like in week six, we're playing all. Everyone's playing the same thing. Everyone's playing the uh, very same comps and has this. Maybe uh, not on every map. You would still see adaptations, but like it would, there would be inertia in the meta eventually. Oh yeah, yeah I think so. I definitely don't disagree with that. I think without getting way too long winded with this, because this is, I I appreciate the take. I think there is a lot of merit to what he said, especially historically speaking. I think the lack of context given is it like actual international bubbles. I don't think we've ever properly seen international sure. bubbles without hero pools. So I sure. don't think that we've properly tested that. And if anything, I think you look at the May melee and I think you can very realistically see two different styles. Yes, at the end of the month, you need some sort of change up, but I don't think randomizing things is ever smart. Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, also, so we're going to have another show before this happens, but on May 20th, we do have the Overwatch 2 PvP stream. Yeah, true. Um, with Overwatch League players. So that's going to be fun to watch. We're definitely going to talk about it on next Wednesday, though, so make sure to tune in for that. Should be fun. Um, and we'll talk about June Joust and everything else. Yep. Going on there. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, before we do, big thanks to our patron producers. Refined Bean, Ferdino, Battlecrab, Lotion, Rex Zane, Sir Girthalot, Porkchop, Sammy, Kasha67, Shara, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Chris R34444, Bronzebot, Boohow, Hotel Bravo, 11, Huntertain, and Yiska's Opera Scented Shower Gel. Thank you so much for... <laughs> Supporting the show, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash tacticalcrouch. Hunter Tain upping their pledge. Thank you so much. And new patron producer, Yiska's Opera Scented Shower Gel. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, no new five-star iTunes reviews, but we did get a couple new sub. Chris R underscore OW. Resub for 11 months and gifted two subs. Thank you so much for doing that during the show. We really appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Let's uh, do some shout-outs for the week and where people can find you. Uh, Yiska, you go first. Um, we today put out a, a video on uh, on basically the entire May Millie, like the, the vibrant storylines in terms of, like, it is it is iconic that the season started, like the stage started and ended with Adela's Fuel. It's almost poetic, right? With the defeat and then an eventual rise. Mm. Um all the other cool storylines in between, the Washington Justice, the Philadelphia Fusion, Chengdu Hunters, Florida Mayhem, like all of those storylines are in there. If you want to like revisit it a little bit and have a bit like, you know me, I, I will always have like some of my bullshit in there that refracts it in a different uh, way in, in terms of what I think this means. So yeah, check that out on, on the YouTube channel for uh, GG Recon. Sweet. Joe, what about you, man? Um, uh, wrote something probably pretty similar on the, the Dallas Fuel uh, and their storyline for GG Recon. Check that out. Uh, been doing daily little analysis breakdowns on the YouTube. Check those out. Love those. Um, and shout out to uh, Yiska's Opera Scented Shower Gel. Uh, it took me a second, but, you know, I, I do remember. It, guys. You, how do you not remember? This is literally a reference, correct me if I'm wrong, to one of your stories. And I'm not going to tell you which story. You should know. You're the I, I, gotta, I gotta I got I gotta see was it. it uh, was it Markalov? Oh. <laughs> how do you not remember? It took me a second. Yes. I, I was like, 
I didn't understand the word. I I, I was like O percented, uh, like O percent. No. Oh no! I'm like, See, this is why you need the notes open. I don't know. Oh. Uh, it took me a second at, at the end when John had reiterated. I'm like, wait, isn't that is that a reference to like one of those like stupid stories that he's told? And I'm like, yeah, dude, <sighs> yeah. it's really funny. Shout it's out to you for actually listening. To a stupid Yeska story. <laughs> Shout out to Gamma Kappa if you want to hear that story. By the way, <laughs> uh, <sighs> cool. What are you doing, John? Um, I'm just really busy with work. Honestly, it's been. Pretty nonstop, so nothing new, no new videos on the horizon, but I am uh, about 35 subs short of 1,000 on YouTube, so if you want to go to youtube.com slash YT, I'd really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Um, and then other than that, uh, nothing for me. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Chat, thanks so much for hanging out. We'll see you on Wednesday for episode 175. Bye.